and welcome to the Resin Jack Podcast, where I bring you all things resin flooring straight to your ears. Today we're going to um, we're going to go through a post that covers the the typical transition that you have between uh, a garage floor and a driveway, and in this image which you can see if you go to the uh, page post. In this particular image, you can see how the garage floor, it's a flake floor, finishes on a bull nose, and then there is a flexible sealant, uh, and then the driveway starts. The driveway is an exposed aggregate type of driveway, so it's quite coarse. In this image, you can see that the sealant wasn't actually removed prior to the flake floor being installed, so therefore, the flake floor has partially gone over the top of a sealant. Now, in addition to that, you can see that the sealant has actually pulled away from the driveway. So there is a gap forming already there. And my question um, on this particular post and, and this particular topic was, um, whether you would finish the trend the transition joint differently and if so then how would you finish it and why so the comments we got um, with regard to this post um, firstly I'm gonna give you a bit of a rundown on the uh, on the contributors because I think it's important to understand who is is putting these comments in there, that gives you a bit of context. So the first comment, comment comes from Michael Durra, who is a business owner at Queensland Regional Flooring in a um, outback town in Queensland, Australia. He, his, he responds with, I feel that we, we all would finish our jobs a little better in hindsight. I would have attempted to tape off the base and the and used a small brush to cut in and then flake to the bottom of the riser. My response to that is, thanks, Michael. I can see how that would be an option too if the client understood the sealant was failing and still did not want to pay to replace the joint sealant. I think after you, after you completed the job, hindsight would still have you thinking you should have cut out the sealant, coated into the gap and applied a new sealant. However, applying sealant to a rough edge is not easy and often not neat, so I can equally understand the hesitation in offering to replace the sealant, especially for free, which is something that tends to transpire quite a bit is we do a number of small details, the attention to detail, they take time, they cost extra money, and they're not always appreciated at the time. Um, in this particular case, I dare say that it would be appreciated when the client sees that the, the sealant remains intact. Michael responds, a wise man once told me we all pay for our education. I guess it comes down to having a discussion with a client as to what they would like to do and what you're willing to walk away from and be happy that you did your best. So I think that's a pretty good summary. The second contributor is uh, Michael Fiorini. Apologies if I mispronounced your surname, Michael. 
Michael is a business owner of Firm Foundation Floor Coatings in Ohio. Been in the industry over 10 years now. I would definitely have rolled that edge, but, but just it doesn't look even like the chip floor has any top coat on it. Now that's obviously a bit hard to see and not the purpose of the post, but it, it, it raises um, a pretty good point. So we'll continue on a bit further. I respond, thanks Michael for your input. There is a top coat on it, but I do feel that some people would have spent more time applying more top coat on the bullnose, knowing that it cops the impact and the force of the tires every time. Take care, Resin Jack. Michael's quick response, uh, Jack, absolutely. I always have my guys jam out all the perimeter edges, especially that entry lip due to that heavy impact zone. When you're transferring from one slab to the next, you need a little bit of absorption. So we've actually covered a couple of topics. And um, before I go on to the next comment, perhaps it's worth just making the point. So just reiterating what we've sort of determined so far is that we would look to cut out the existing sealant that's already failing from the driveway. And probably if you looked along the length of that transition, it's probably let go along next to the bullnose as well. So if you cut out that transition, then that enables you to apply your coating and your flake system down into that um, void between the, the house slab, the garage slab, and the exposed ag driveway. And what that does is it means that you can you don't end up trying to tape a, a rough edge along there. You end up with a, a, a clean looking finish that is down into that void so that if you, whether you actually put a sealant back in or not, it's a much neater way of finishing that transition. If you do put in a sealant, then you, you end up with uh, a tidy looking edge there as well. Um, Michael's point was also that on the bullnose, because that is the first point of contact for tires when they're first coming in, it's important to make sure you've got substantial or enough coating on that edge. And whether that's uh, base coat, whether that's flake or top coat, it's important to make sure that bull nose is well coated. Now, in addition to that, um, that bull nose is typically sitting outside and exposed to UV. So with that in mind, if you don't have, um, or if you're using an epoxy and urethane top coat system, you're relying on your urethane with UV absorbers to provide enough protection for the epoxy underneath. So you really want to ensure that you have your epoxy fully coated with flake or as much as possible with flake, and then substantial amount of urethane on that lip. So not just for wear and tear and impact of the tires, but also for UV degradation. So coming back to the next comment. Next comment comes from Josh Jones. He is the president of Substrate Technology Inc. in Illinois. A very knowledgeable man. He's been in the prep and polish industry for 29 years, done contracting and now is supporting and he is 
um, a good educator in the industry. He's, he's very willing to share his knowledge and experience, and I'm sure he's helped out a lot of people all around the world, whether they're using the STI equipment or not. So Josh's point is a uh, nice pick and post, Jack. I've been guilty of forgetting to finish the floor to a fixed termination point. If I don't decide to carry the coating to the end of the slab where it meets another, then I should key it to terminate in a straight line. One or the other will work, but letting the resins flow as it likes looks sloppy. Thanks for the reminder. That's worth a little extra work to pay attention to the small stuff. Uh, my response, thanks for the input, Josh. I know I, I would uh, have not finished transitions as well as I could have in the past before I knew any better. I guess that is one of the reasons why I like the people that share their knowledge and why I try and do the same. Thanks again and keep sharing, Jack. So Josh actually raises a really interesting point too because in this particular bullnose, photo, we're, we're fish, finishing out on the driveway transition. But there are certain scenarios where you choose not to apply onto the bullnose at all and you'll finish a transition underneath the roller door, like where the roller door comes down. And if you do that, then because that is again an impact point for your cars, it, it it's good practice. It makes sense to do a clean saw cut joint along that edge and so that you have firstly a nice straight edge, but also uh, a bit of a toe in so that you can have a nice build of epoxy or resin there that makes it a durable impact line. So that's a good point. And uh, as Josh rightly puts, to just allow the resins to flow, looks sloppy. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We uh, you know, collectively as a resin flooring industry, we should look to to finish transitions as best we can. The next point comes from um, a lady called Claire Piper. She is a business owner of Southern Epoxy Flooring in Victoria, Australia. Uh, she's been at it for three years. As one of those people that wants to learn, so she is certainly adamant about engaging and, and wanting to pick up more experience from those willing to share. Her experiences and her comment is right to the joint, makes it look so much more professional. So she would also look to uh, finish the, the resin floor into the joint. Um, and I, I sort of confirm that in my comment to her, so you would look to cut out the existing sealant to coat into the joint. And um, I take that that's a, an affirmative. So this particular uh, podcast is, is not long, but it's actually very important because garages is a bread and butter line for a lot of resin flooring people. In fact, some people build their business only around garages. So if, you're, if, if that is the case, then in your efforts to become a master of garages, transitions is, is one of those really key points. Now, my experience when it comes to handovers and getting the clients, like having that discussion with the clients upon completion of the job is when they see excellent tradesmanship, and I put transitions in excellent tradesmanship, 
when they see neat edges, tidy workmanship, professional lines and so forth, then they tend to be more forgiving anyway across any other defects that might occur in the floor. However, if they start to pick defects, then they'll start to look for more defects. So my suggestion is when it comes to transition, take the time and at least discuss what your options are with the client and, under, and make, the, make the point that if they want to cut out the joint sealant and for you to replace it, it is an extra. If they don't want to replace it, then fine, at least you've finished it into the joint and you've built up your layers nicely along the edge so that it's a good durable bull nose and uh, you feel confident it's going to give true lifespan. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you found it valuable and, in and informative. This podcast was brought to you by Resin Flooring International. So go to their website, resinfloor.org, that's resinfloor.org, and you'll be able to see a post that has the corresponding images and also the profiles of the different contributors that were mentioned in this podcast. So as always, I'm Resin Jack. Take care and keep smiling.